right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Buffalo Beat, a uh, late July edition. My name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you all for joining us here on the podcast as we continue to get closer to the Bills opening up their training camp once uh, that actually comes down to it. The, the players are currently getting to team facilities and, and getting tested for COVID-19, and there's a lot of news coming out from that, opt-outs around the league. We're going to be going over all of that. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. Matthew, it, uh, you got rid of me for, for a few weeks, but, uh, but we're, we're bringing the band back together today. Yeah, it's been been quite a while. There, you know, the the reviews were pouring in about how much smarter and sharper our other co-hosts oh, were. But um, I don't doubt that. Know, <laughs> we tried to test you about whether you were actually listening by dropping some of those comments in there, but never got never got word. So uh, no. it was a total unplug. Yeah, I logged off for sure. Um, I'm sure that that was one of the first things you did was catch up on all those those episodes you missed <laughs> yes absolutely i uh i logged off of the twitter logged off of uh of really football for a few weeks and it, and it felt good it's it's good to do that every once in a while but we're back now and um and lo and behold some some news greeting us from a both a league perspective and from the bills perspective um of course teams are going through all the the testing protocols and and still figuring out who's going to be there. I'm sure teams are weighing whether or not they want to get down to that 80-player limit um, well before the August 16th deadline, so that way they can run some some bigger sessions at, in kind of the ramp-up to the actual practice part of camp. And then you also have the opt-out feature, and, and that's where we'll start first because while it's not exactly what the Patriots had happened to them, the Bills had... A sizable opt-out, I would say. I mean, it was a starting player. Star Latulale is the only one as of 1.40 p.m. on Thursday, July 30th. He is the only Bills player to have opted out at, at this point. And it, it's, a, it's a tiny ripple effect, but if there was a position group for them to lose a player in, in this capacity, it would probably be defensive line. And because they, I mean, they've they've added so many pieces in the off season, and not to mention that Latule is essentially only a, a two down player at this point in his career anyway, and, and just a run stuffing specialist. So they they can prop they'll probably drop off a little bit there, but they they'll probably be able to get by without him in 2020. Yeah, it makes it so that they can't really afford too many other injuries at that spot. They also True. ended up with Vincent Taylor. Uh, on the COVID slash reserve list, which either means that he tested positive or came into close contact with somebody who tested positive. So that leaves them with Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler to to fill that spot, which is uh, not a bad position to be in when you lose two legitimate NFL players. I, I think Vincent Taylor is uh, you know, a decent depth guy, provided he's able to re- make a full recovery or make a full return. Uh, whenever he gets off that reserve list. But yeah, I, I think people uh, oftentimes underestimate the impact that Star makes on the rest of the defense, and in particular, Tremaine Edmonds and the linebackers uh, and what he's able to do. 
now a lot rests on how healthy Harrison Phillips is and yeah. um, and what type of role they envision for Vernon Butler because uh, I think he was probably in more of a, a flexible role before where he would have bounced around and now um, he'll probably end up playing a bit more one tech than maybe they initially thought. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the the best way to go about it for them because Butler does have that experience and their defensive line coach coming from Carolina knows that Vernon Butler can kind of flip between the two spots and it Butler is a, a solid player. He's not like an overwhelming super athlete that can wiggle through the line consistently. So I mean he could he can definitely give good reps at one tech where you're not depending on him to get that interior pressure. But I also think it could it could uh, evolve into more of a three-person defensive tackle rotation, a lot like what we saw by you know last year uh, once uh, Harrison Phillips' injury occurred. It was basically Ed Oliver at three technique, Jordan Phillips kind of doing a little bit of both, and then uh, and then Star Latulule at at one technique, and then occasionally they would have some defensive ends flip inside to one technique and and all of this other stuff. But I think Butler does offer them that flexibility to where he could even start the year at, alongside Ed Oliver if they deem Phillips not totally ready. I mean, Phillips will be what is it, eleven months removed from ACL surgery? Maybe maybe ten months, depending on on when he had it. I can't remember if it was late September, early October. But regardless, I mean, he's going to be well past the average recovery time it's just about how much they want to put on him and I know a lot of fans are excited about Harrison Phillips because a he's a draft pick and fans tend to like draft picks especially early ones like Phillips when he was a third rounder do well and in his three games before his injury against the Bengals he looked pretty good Um, I don't know that he they trusted him completely as a run defender they loved the uh, the ability he had to flip between both three technique and one technique and and the pressure he was providing but in terms of run defending where they're going to lose a bit with Latule maybe they they opt for something else there I think the one thing that's interesting about Phillips though is we still don't know what this guy is over the course of a a full season because his first year, I mean, he had a really good, well, a a solid above average eight games, uh, maybe even eight to 10. But once he got to the the latter half of the second half of the season, his performance really fell off and uh, they have to make sure that they're not entrusting him with this singular role as, as their starter where that same drop-off is going to happen. Unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to prove otherwise because of the torn ACL, but that's something they have to be cognizant of because they don't know if he can put together a full 16-game season. Yeah, I think this is a, a different different player and a different you know person in year three than, than he was as a rookie. I remember talking to him about you know, in the second half of that rookie season about, you know, just hitting that wall or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I think he he learned a lot about uh, he was talking a lot about what he did in the, the weight room and how, you know, this is a guy who was, you know, just a, a savage in the weight room at Stanford and always has been and thought he could continue to push himself like that in the weight room not realizing that it requires a little bit more strategy when you're playing a 16 game season 
and playing in the NFL kind of overestimated, I guess, the toll he was putting on his body as a rookie and wore down a little bit, um, which he admitted. And I think now is probably one of the smarter guys in that room in terms of understanding his body, understanding what he's going through. I think going through the torn ACL um, taught him a lot about that as well, just different ways to take care of himself and and being around Kyle Williams helped in that way too. So I think it should be a much different approach from that standpoint for him, but you still have to be careful because you're talking about a guy who tore his ACL and we've seen a few different guys, the, probably the most recent example being Trent Murphy, uh, mm-hmm. guys who tear their, their ACL, they take, even if they're back, you know, he should be back and fine um, during training camp, but will he feel like himself? Will he feel like the same player right away? Maybe not. Will his stamina be impacted by the fact that he hasn't played a football game since last September? You know, will his um, overall, you know, just, you know, his ability to last a full season um, and get to that level be impacted by the fact that he's been rehabbing for so long? So that part of it is probably the bigger concern and the reason why it's a good thing that they have um you know other options to rotate in and you know vernon butler uh, probably being you know number one among them but if vincent taylor can get back maybe that means you have to roster an extra guy there or Mm -hmm. you know maybe you look at the free agent market uh, which they did last year they've they've moved a lot of bodies into that defensive tackle spot out of necessity over the last two years and um, they've gotten by doing so yeah I think Phillips he should be able to get past that wall I I didn't mean to put it as I don't think he can I I just think he needs to prove to the team that that he can because uh, if this is this is going to be his best opportunity of his career to show the coaching staff that he can be that one technique next to Ed Oliver for the long term. Um, because Latulale is coming back next year, uh, most likely, unless he decides that, you know what, we're, we're good here. I'm just going to go ahead and retire. Um, but Phillips must take advantage of it, and they, they should be careful. I mean, he, throughout last season when he was going through the rehab process, I mean, you know as well as I do from from being in the building every single day, he was extremely visible, just bouncing back from one weight room to the other, from uh, just constantly working with the training staff. I mean, he would. A lot of guys that have long-term injuries will stay away and rehab at home. This guy was at the building every, almost every single day and and going through it and really attacking it, like you were talking about. I, I believe you used the term savage, the way he attacked the weight room. I think he kind of attacked the rehab along the same lines. So they, they have to hope that he can get it all, that he can get it all together and that he doesn't feel a bit unlike himself. But Phillips has, all, has also come back from significant leg injuries before in his college career. So at least he has that kind of experience to to uh, stem from so it it should be interesting with him he's he's someone I know a lot of people have high hopes for and uh, I know a lot of people kind of look at Latulale as a nuisance even though the Bills love him um, be, mostly because of the contract more than anything but 
he is their Latula is their best run defender, and Phillips has to prove to them that that he can he can step in and and play well in that capacity. So I, I I would like to to see if he can do it. I've always been kind of intrigued to see if he could do it with a full time role. Yeah, I think this is a good good chance to learn about him. The only unfortunate part is that it comes in a year where he otherwise wouldn't have needed to be put into such a big role coming off right. such a serious injury, but he has the benefit of you know having suffered that injury early in the season and not late um and you know by all accounts things have gone pretty smoothly uh, in the rehab. So it's it's not, you know, the end of the world and i think do they lose a little something not having star in there absolutely but uh, it's a it's the one place on the roster where you you feel pretty confident about the depth to the point where they could lose somebody as significant as star yeah i i think the other person this this helps in terms of getting more of a role or perhaps even a roster spot the one the one guy that i immediately was drawn to was Daryl Johnson for this because Quentin Jefferson now was before star opted out he was probably going to be more of a defensive end than slid inside or at least that's the way it was tracking just based off their roster and what they've done and everything along those lines but now he might be pushed into more duty as a uh, rotational three technique at in addition to being a rotational defensive end and that could open up a roster spot for someone like Daryl Johnson who I'm sure they would hate to put on waivers and potentially lose because he's that long lean speedy pass rusher that showed him a little bit of something last summer and certainly earned his way onto special teams I think he had he he took part in 66 percent of the team's special teams reps last year. So Heath Farwell will be ecstatic if if this means that Johnson can get a spot on, on the team. But that's that's one of those positions where you don't like to give up on young talent like that, especially if you don't know if they have reached their, their full potential or not. And it's going to be tough to know this year especially because they have such a small ramp-up time before the start of the regular season. They would kick themselves if, if they let Daryl Johnson walk and he goes on to be something elsewhere because they only had two weeks of padded practices leading up to the season. Yeah, the whole you know point of the way they built the defensive line was built around you know flexibility and the ability to mix up their looks and and provide different you know different packages and, and different fronts that could do different things in different situations, but. This is just one way it will be tested, I think. You know, now mm-hmm. maybe you go with a different combination of players because you don't have a particular one. Really, the guy they lost is one of the least flexible of the group. Um, True, you know, yeah. Him, Mario, he and Mario Addison probably are the two that you would say are kind of fixed in their spots. Um, and, you know, now they just need to get a little bit more creative about how they put the group together, but they already have the pieces to do it. And, you know, the, the point about Daryl Johnson and it applies to really any young player in the league, it, the challenge of this season and this training camp and how it's all set up and, and, you know, teams figuring out how they're going to get down to 
80 players before they start practicing and then 53 players plus the 16 uh, person practice squad some of those spots can be protected there's going to be you know there's going to have to be some maneuvering on the part of front offices you know to get the right guys um, you know and make sure that you're you're protecting the right players and not uh, making the mistake of letting somebody go it has almost more of an effect long term than it does in mm-hmm. this immediate season because true this season's going to be assuming it happens is going to be really bizarre and really you know random and uh you know there's going to be a lot of chaos on rosters uh, with positive tests or opt-outs or uh, different things like that daryl johnson being on the team in 2020 probably you know doesn't matter that much you know to the bottom line Mm -hmm. of of wins and losses but how many players like that are going to get lost in the shuffle uh you know because of the rules and because of having to make certain pieces fit in certain ways or uh you know having to move things around or having to cut guys and you know without really getting a look at them right you know some of these undrafted guys younger guys on teams that otherwise would have had the preseason to prove themselves or the spring to prove themselves. Now they're complete unknowns. It's going to take some sharp front offices around the league to steal those guys away. But in the case of a Daryl Johnson or other guys like him, you're looking at a guy who has put a lot on tape already from last preseason and last training camp. And that will make him somebody that's on the top of teams lists uh, as they're, they're looking for guys. Maybe the Bills are so deep at def- defensive line that it's hard to keep a Daryl Johnson, but there's going to be other teams around the league that have gotten hit hard uh, on the defensive line because of everything going on, and they want to scoop that guy up. So the long-term effect of that uh, is is bigger. Same goes for the salary cap and um, you know everything else. You have to still be thinking – maybe even more so two, three years down the road, thinking about 2021 and 2022, because Mm -hmm. A, you don't know if the 2020 season is going to happen at all. You don't know if it'll be interrupted. You don't know if it'll be, uh, you know, start and stop or what it'll even look like. And not to say that that means the 2020 season doesn't matter, but certainly you're not going to jeopardize 2021 and 2022 and the long-term, uh, you know, stability of your franchise to make a run at 2020, um, right. which is, I know, probably tough for people to hear because this was supposed to be a year that the Bills could make a run, and it's not to excuse them if they, you know, disappoint or anything like that. But I think you just have to be with so many moving parts and so many variables and so many different rules and changes happening all over the place. You have to be smart to not let anybody slip through the cracks and that's what i I think about with guys like daryl johnson or um you know there's a lot of players on the bills roster that you can point to younger guys that otherwise would have gotten a chance Mm -hmm. to prove themselves a little bit more um you know trey adams comes to mind what happens to a guy like that um you know are you able to sneak him on the practice squad Uh, do you lean towards younger players because they're cheaper and you know the salary cap might go down or do you lean towards guys that you know you know can handle the playbook and 
you know, you don't have to worry about the lack of practice time impacting them too much. I mean, you could see teams going a lot of different ways and I could see some teams thinking, you know, let's hold on to some of these younger guys, probably teams less like the bills, right? Teams that are not as far along in their rebuild saying, let's hold on to some of these younger guys, Mm -hmm. weather the storm in 2020, because 2020 is going to be weird anyways. And, you know, reload for the future. I mean, every team would be foolish to not be bracing for the impact of a a massively reduced salary cap next season. I know the, the revised CBA hasn't been signed yet, but as long as it does, that would put the figure, I believe at 175.9 million, which is a, uh, almost a 25 million reduction from what it is this year and but potentially a a 35 million reduction of what it could have been in 2021 i mean that's that's a huge difference so teams should not i mean if they were smart they should not be spending frivolously and you know i know jadavion clowney is still sitting out there larry warford is another guy that a lot of bills fans wanted early on in the offseason just to come in and compete at guard but he you know outside of him being content to to sit out this season um it it's almost to me like why why would you continue to try and add salary to a situation where you're going to need to roll over as much as you can especially if you want to maintain both Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano on this roster I mean, it's, it is more important than ever that they maximize the amount that they are rolling over. So, like, Trent Murphy, in a normal year, he might have had a chance. But this year, with a salary cap reduction and the fact that they can put an extra seven-plus million away to roll over to next year, I mean, that makes his odds pretty long for, for next year, at least in my mind, because these teams have to figure it out. So that goes back to what you're saying. Um, it's... These younger guys, these lower salary contract players, and it being perhaps one of the best years ever for young players, late round draft picks, undrafted guys to make teams than ever before because of opt-outs, positive tests, and the salary cap reduction, there is so much... Um, there, there are so many reasons for teams to go young at the bottom of their, at the bottoms of their roster to try and, you know, just put a bandaid on a, on a situation and hope that they get that, that salary cap, um, the, the big time jump for the 2022 season. So it, it, it's, it's going to be very compelling to see how each team handles it. But I would assume that, uh, the bills are, are probably in save, 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 roll over as much as we can mode. I think a lot of it will depend on how much a team believes a that it's ready to compete and b that this season will happen in some sort of normal fashion because if you don't really have a ton of confidence in that and you're not sure that you're ready to compete then you're definitely going to go young. If you're the Bills, you might be in a spot where you think, "All right, this season's going to happen." Like if you're the Bills, the thing about this season is you're in a spot where the roster should be ready to compete for sure uh for the division and then to win a playoff game i mean those are all the expectations that have been set out for them and you might look at the chaos and think maybe this is a chance to go make a run that defines this regime 
people may discount whatever happens in 2020 because of all the chaos, but maybe it's a chance where you say, there's so much chaos that we could go out and win this thing. And maybe that makes you say, you know what, Trent Murphy costs us $8 million now, but we're saving some of that with Star opting out. And it all counts, right? Because you can roll over, you know, everything uh, if you want to. But maybe you sit there and say, all right, we could use this guy. Um, and we could use all the help we can get on the defensive line and all the continuity we can get. And maybe, we, you know, this guy hangs around. Also, maybe there's another positive test or two that pops up between now and the end of camp that saves a guy like Trent Murphy. But I could also, you know, I could see them going in the direction of saying, you know, let's save where we can, right? Go for the the cheaper option when it's when it's on the table. To me, a guy like Spencer Long, uh, you can get rid of um, and save save some money. But I think it helps, you know, a guy like Stephen Hauschka, right? They could save money by cutting Stephen Hauschka. But are you going to go into this season with a rookie kicker who's never kicked in live NFL action? Maybe I don't know, but I wouldn't. Uh, and I, I think Hauschka is the the guy you want. So I, it's weird. I, I could see teams handling it completely different ways. It's why I think the idea of competitive balance is always you know something that's so big in the NFL. Parity and uh, how year to year you don't know which teams are going to be good. I think there's going to be a legitimate chance for um, there to be an unfair advantage for some teams uh, in situations like this. You can't sit here and say that, you know, teams that have new head coaches are in as good a spot as teams that already have their head coach or already have their quarterback or already have their offensive coordinator in place the way that the Bills do. Or small things like the fact that the Bills practice right next to their stadium and can make use of multiple fields and multiple locker rooms or what about the fact that Buffalo is a place where, um, A, the the virus isn't as um, out of control as it is in some other cities, and B, I think there's, a, there's not as much of a temptation from, uh, look, so much stuff is closed down, first of all, and two, what does everybody talk about when they come to Buffalo as players, how much they love, how it's all about football and uh, there's not as many distractions and things like that. It's not a knock on the the city or the area. I think it's a, a feature in a lot of ways and it's a benefit in a time like this. If you're in Miami as a player, as a young 23 year old player, you're going to have some temptations that don't exist here. And the virus is worse there than it is here. Same goes for a lot of markets, bigger cities, um, you know, warmer weather locales, all these things. You have this the potential to create a little bit of a bubble for yourself here. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect because, you know, you can get it in a, a small city just as easy as you can in a bigger city. But I think they have some advantages working in their favor as a team that others maybe don't. And so maybe you look at it as a chance to say, yeah, you know, would we like to have Trent Murphy's eight million? Yes, but let's load up and and see if you know this is this is a year that that they can win. You know, I don't know. It's um, it's going to make for some very interesting decisions over the next few weeks, and we're not even 
we haven't seen the last of the opt-outs uh, or anything like that. And we haven't certainly not seen the last of positive tests or injuries that are going to result from the lack of training and lack of practice time. So there's going to be a lot of volatility between now and, you know, the opening kickoff of the season, assuming they get there. Yeah, most definitely. And it will be incredibly interesting to track as we go forward. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about how it might look and some things around the league in just a moment. But first, sports are back so you can save 40%. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. You can subscribe now to The Athletic and save. And you can read about the Major League Baseball and everything that's going on with the season already beginning there. The NBA kicks back into gear tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, and and goes every single day with afternoon games into the evening uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun. NFL training camps will start to open up in, in the next couple of weeks. So now is a great time to uh, to get in on The Athletic. Don't miss the exclusive in-depth coverage of this un- unprecedented season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite team. So go to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. And also a, uh, a uh, message from our sponsors at DraftKings. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back out on the court. While the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement. And there is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resume season. So get in on all of the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is extremely easy to play. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See see DraftKings.com for details. All right, so let's go over a little bit about how this whole life uh, in training camp with a global pandemic is going to look, right? I mean, because I'm sure fans are fairly interested to see exactly what happens, when everything is going to happen, the the, the certain deadlines, everything along those lines. Um, I think the even though training camp has, I guess, technically started training camp as we know it doesn't get going until a week or two into August and that's when the first time we're really able to see these guys out on the field for the first time so it um I I know you've been you've you know a great deal about about kind of the ins and outs of it so just just maybe give us a brief rundown about how this thing's going to look for for who for our listeners yeah it's going to look 
different. I, I was thinking this week about how we would probably already be overreacting to every little thing happening on the field. People would be losing their minds over um, every Josh Allen completion and incompletion. But that is going to be a little bit different for the next couple of weeks. The The Bills are reporting this week. So, you know, they're getting tested three times before they enter the building uh, is the new, you know, kind of protocol that's in place. And then they get their physicals. Then they, you know, take team photos or whatever, and then they can start strength and conditioning workouts. So really we're looking at probably not until eight days after that when we'll actually be watching anything because there's nothing to watch. You don't, we don't Mm -hmm. need to go watch them lift weights. Um, And then it'll be sort of like, basically like the whole off season in a few weeks, you know, it'll be OTA style practices after that um, for a few days and then they can throw the pads on. And that's when the, the, you know, um, I guess the, you know, the, the training camp coverage, as you know, it will, will kind of resume, but also the roster needs to be at 80 players. So, it's a lot is going to happen very fast. Obviously, there won't be preseason games, but the there's also all these opt outs that that keep trickling in. And from my understanding, when this new CBA is signed or the amended CBA um, to a, account for everything that's going on is signed, that's when the the deadline starts for um, the opt outs. So the August third deadline or whatever you see is actually going to keep getting pushed out until they Mm -hmm. sign this thing so guys are going to have some time maybe they show up they're not comfortable with everything um and decide to opt out um or you know they get a positive test and maybe that scares them enough to to want to opt out um there's also this is why I, i mentioned you know some of the advantages that the bills have you know one of which being multiple facilities um at at their disposal if you're a team that doesn't practice right next to your stadium you don't have the extra space like the bills do um they've added practice fields in the back um you know at ad pro sports uh training center where they're going to have enough space to be out there and repurpose the field house into other stuff like meeting rooms they need to space things out um, for meetings and things like that. They also have the stadium with extra locker rooms. Um, I've heard teams talking about quarantining a quarterback, like for an emergency. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe, you know, Davis Webb lives in the visitor's locker room at, uh, at what is now an unnamed stadium, um, for, <laughs> right. you know, just in case, um, you know, that thing, you know, the virus rips through the quarterback room. Um, and yeah, and then guys just have to, you know, they're not playing in a bubble. Um, so they, they have to just be responsible when they go home, but it's going to be really interesting, you know, assuming we get to the point where they're on the field, which at this point, there's no reason to think that won't happen. Um, right. There's plenty of, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I know that are probably, this is the time of year where excitement would be reaching a peak beginning of training camp. Um, you know, everybody gets, gets super fired up and, some people haven't gotten there yet because, you know, it's hard to know whether the season will happen or what it will look like and whether it's 
um, you know, something that, that is worth getting excited about. But I think at the very least training camp is going to, it's going to happen in, in some form. They've invested too much money and time and it's going to be, you know, weird with all the positive tests and the different movement that happens as a result of that. You're not going to see as many guys able to come in for visits just yet, you know, trying to work the bottom of the roster. Um, but it's going to be, you know, a version of what we're used to. And, um, certainly wish we were up in, you know, Rochester right now, Pittsburgh, you know, talking about day three or day four or whatever it would have been of actual training camp. But, um, next week is when we'll start actually getting to talk to these guys once they're all in the building and have passed physicals. That's when Sean McDermott will, will talk for the first time. And some of these players will start to talk. And so, um, we'll start to be able to provide a little bit more insight into what, what all is going on. Um, then when, once they have a better idea of what this all looks like, cause right now, a lot of these guys haven't even been in the building. I mean, it, it, yeah, that that's, that's completely accurate. Um, in terms of training camp, I would argue that this year, as opposed to any other year because of how different it is, people are going to be more glued to what is happening at training camp than ever before. I mean, it's going to be like the first week or so, maybe week and a half of, of training camp where everyone's kind of plugged in. Uh, they want to know anything and everything about about what's happening um, up until that first preseason game. And then after that, there's a, a little bit of like, okay, well, well, we can watch them now. I think the, the intrigue, because there, there are none of these games, is going to be immense this year. Because yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, they're going to – I would think they push forward with training camp. I mean, they've, they've got this, these reserve lists for players that either test positive or have come into close contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19. But they still have these huge rosters and perhaps some – and with these bigger rosters, they have more fail-safes for, for testing than, say, some other sports do and, and how they go about it. So the the interest in this in, in those couple of weeks leading up to the first week of September is going to be enormous, don't you think? Yeah, I would think it'll pick up once people see these guys on the field. Um, right now, it feels like um, you know, and hearing from some people, it's harder to get excited because it's it's tricky because like you look at other sports and. I've only watched like two innings of baseball, which I don't watch a lot of baseball anyways, but you know, like you, you just wonder about the legitimacy of, of these seasons a little bit, you know, is it worth, um, you know, getting excited over a 60 game baseball season? Um, the NBA and NHL a little bit different because those are actual seasons that need to be completed. Um, but I think with, with football and with some of the bad news that's happened in baseball and some of the questions that have surrounded that there's been some people that are, are a little bit guarded saying, all right, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, but knowing what we know about the type of excitement training camp generates that first, you know, day that Josh Allen is out there throwing passes. Yeah. People are going to get excited because like it or not, or, you know, think what you will about, 
the season, what it's going to look like, and how legitimate it will be, people are excited about this this team. Uh, and it's as good a team as they've had in a long, long time. Uh, and as talked about a team as they've had in a long, long time nationally, a lot of people are hyping this team up. So, yeah, I think it will be, uh, once they're on the field, something that, that people are, are glued to, especially because they can't see it. Uh, they can't go to training camp practices. They're not going to be able to be at games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everything will be on TV, of course, but there won't be preseason games. The only real look at these guys that that you'll get, and even if there is, you know, some sort of interruption to the season, that would be the look that you get, right? Is training camp and and what's happening there. So, yeah, we'll we'll be there. Uh, it'll be weird. Um, yes. We'll be six feet apart. Uh, we'll be in, you know, um, various. Uh, we'll be in you know, kind of glued to one spot as opposed to being able to walk around like, like we usually do, but, um, we'll be there and we'll we'll be waving to each other from afar. uh, Who knows what, like, you know, the, the practices themselves will look like. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to be weird in the age of the virus and, you know, all of us wearing masks and standing six feet apart to see guys playing football. Uh, (laughs) Um, you know, it's like, it's just I, that's going to be weird in general. Um, it was weird watching the video of um, the Astros and Dodgers almost having a brawl the other night um, in the middle of all this. But that's basically what football is every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I'm i looking forward to actually seeing these guys with our own eyes uh, for the first time since they left the field in Houston. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that aren't in – as great of conditioning as others um, based on how they handled their quarantine. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of human nature, right? Some people are, will, will hit it hard. I mean, for instance, have you seen the uh, picture of Austin Eckler that's, that's circulating right now? And he got a hold of, got a hold of some home gym equipment, I think. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Which was very, uh, very, hard to find uh during this time still is in new york state because so many gyms are closed but see that's what makes me think a little bit optimistically about trent murphy Uh, you know this guy i'm sure is going to show up in as good a shape as anybody and if they're sitting there thinking about oh hey maybe we got a shot to make a run in in 2020 then they might say all right let's just give this guy one let this guy ride out his contract he's got He's got the best home gym setup I've ever seen. So I think uh, I think he's going to be on the other end of the spectrum in terms of uh, there will be some guys, I'm sure, that aren't in great shape. There's going to be injuries. Um, there's going to be a lot of that. But there's going to be some guys that, that, that come ready to play. I mean, you're probably right on Trent Murphy, and I, and I know you're being slightly facetious. But if they, if they think to themselves, yeah, let's uh... – let's let's use let's let's just keep trent murphy rather than using that seven million toward keeping one of our our core players i think i think that might be tough to swallow for some fans yeah but i don't know that it it has to be one or the other i guess would be um my point is you don't necessarily have to bite the bullet on trent murphy and you know seven million dollars might not be be the make or break a lot of it will depend on they'll probably have a better idea around roster cut down time how much it's going to be a guessing game for these teams. Sure, Usually, exactly. you know, you're always guessing what the salary cap's going to be, but you know which direction it's going to go. Um, and this time, you know, closer to cut down day, maybe they'll have an idea of, okay, maybe 
revenue loss won't be as bad as we thought. And, or maybe there's a new TV deal. Uh, and they can say, all right, maybe it'll be closer to 185 or 190 and we can afford something like this, or maybe it'll be uh, the other way. And they say, yeah, we got to get rid of this guy. Right. Right. A lot hangs in the balance uh, with just about every angle you could think about (laughs) with this year's training camp. It's, uh, there are there will be no shortage of things to write about that and to d- discuss that's for certain all right matthew fairburn thank you for welcoming welcoming me back and for uh hold, holding down the fort while i was away uh, i'm sure shiel connor and uh, tg uh pleased our listeners ears uh the, for for the three weeks um and and yeah we're we're just getting started with with this uh here buffalo beat because Training camp will be here in some form or another pretty soon. So it'll, it'll be fun. Any uh, final words of fond farewell for, for our listeners? We are going to be ramping up to two times a week kind of soon, I think. Oh, yeah, probably, that's right. Probably whenever practices roll around. So yeah. as, once there's a little more to talk about, we'll be back in our, our regular routine of, of doing this twice a week as mm-hmm. if people couldn't get enough. <laughs> well get hold on to your butts people because it's it's uh, it's happening all right so for matthew fairburn i am joe Biscalia. thank you for listening to this episode of the buffalo beat however you are listening to us and and please be sure if you haven't yet to uh, subscribe over to the athletic again that's you can get 40 percent off by going to the athletic.com slash the buffalo beat and uh and and certainly there's plenty to read from a bill's perspective you know, Matt did a, a great outline of of how a a decreased salary cap could impact the Bills. He also did a scouting report of of every single player, um, and it'll be and coming down in in the next hour or so from when we're recording this at about two thirty on on Thursday, I'll be having a a huge breakdown about the Star Latulale opt out, who it helps. We talked a little bit about it on here, but also the salary cap ramifications and why it's both a good and a bad thing that that he's opting out. So that'll be on theAthletic.com, and you can find all of our stuff there all the time. All right, so that'll do it for us. We will talk to you next week as we get just a bit closer to the Bills being open for training camp. See you then.